Gadgets for Families. The tech show for all you grandpas, riffing off your theme from last week, Jason. Right. For all you grandpas out there that recognize that every time you have the grandkids over, there is some newfangled gadget that you have to learn how to use. And all of those tech grandpas and grandmas out there that provide those gadgets to the grandkids and anyone else looking to get more out of their lives through tech, I'm your host, Greg Cunningham. And I'm your host, Jay Benjamin. And yeah, I remember when you when you told me about, hey, we should go with that whole tech grandpa angle because we're all grandpas. We're both grandpas. And I'm like, you know, I still have young ones. I still feel like I'm a young dad, but no, I'm a grandpa too. So <laughs> thought about it for a while and decided to embrace it, man. I, I like that. You know, we are tech grandpas and, and uh, we like to support other tech grandpas and stuff like that. So yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to lean into it. I like it. I'll tell you what, <clears throat> after uh, last week, I definitely realized that I'm in the grandpa age category because boy did that flu bug hit us right hard and right man i just so I, th I appreciate you jumping in and covering it and it was ces and i gotta be honest i don't care a whole lot about ces <laughs> until you tell me to care about it anyway yeah so yeah yeah the, the whole first week of january you know thankfully we didn't record but um man it hit me pretty hard too and Flu is negative. I ended up going to the doctor because I hadn't been sick for so long. You know, if, if I'm feeling down or something, it's usually, you know, two or three days or, you know, one or two days. But this one was a full week of, of like actually being in the bed sick. And so finally went to the doctor. Flu test was negative. COVID was negative. So uh, whatever it was, the antibiotics cleared it up and, and I'm right back at it. So, Well, I've decided that I live in a small town. My wife works in one school. Two right. of the grandkids go to another school. The other grandkid goes to one of the few daycares in town. So if there's anything going around here, it's coming yep. home. Yep. It's right. coming home. Right. <laughs> right. So. All right. So, but I think we've got a good show. I'm excited to be back doing this today. I think we've got a, a, a pretty good show. We want to talk a little bit about the Apple Watch ban. We haven't covered it a whole yeah. lot, but there definitely is some impact now. Um, I want to follow up on my caseless experiment because Jason was very disappointed in me um, when we recorded a couple of episodes ago, but I think I figured out what's going on with me and caseless. So we'll talk about that. Right. Um, all of the new OSs dropped yesterday, yep. so we're going to talk about those. And remember, we had talked about the new security feature that's coming, so we'll talk about that a little bit here. Uh, spend some time on some Vision Pro pre-order information and some mm -hmm. of that kind of stuff. And then I have a little bit of a surprise topic for um, Jason. I made a change that I don't make very often, so we'll talk about that. So that should be a pretty good show today. And then in the post-show... Um, Stick around because I think at least the first part could be a very passionate discussion. This is a whole bunch of iPad rumors that got brought together. And since iPads are number one on both Jason and I's list of uh, new tech or tech to improve our lives for next year, right. um, there's some really good things in the rumors. And so there's some things in the rumors that make me want to cry. Right, so, right. <laughs> and yeah. somehow Jason miraculously enough got through a whole season of a TV show. Now remember, 
I watch certain shows every episode when they come out, but Jason's a binge watcher. So he waits until right. the very end and then has to watch the whole season. So Jason got through a show. So hopefully we'll have time. I think we'll talk about it one way or the other. The question's going to be whether we break it out into a bonus or its own thing or not. But we're going to talk about um, that particular show in the post show as well and get our take. So it's definitely a geek topic. Right. So, right. So I, I did binge watch it. It took me two days. So I watched, what was it? Four or five episodes the first day, uh, maybe three days. So I think the season finale, I watched that on a separate day on its own. But yeah, I think it'll be a good discussion. Really, really. It was, it, it's a really good show. I, I'll, I'll save it for the discussion, but yeah. Now, if you're watching the video, you're going to notice Jason keeps looking up to his left because this is the first time we've recorded together and Jason's using the offset right. angle. So uh, I think he's not used to not being able to see me because Jason, talk us through just real fast. I know you're doing some shorts and stuff, but how are you right. set up right now? How are you recording? So uh, I I still hadn't put together the before and after, but um, so my setup now is basically so I'll be able to use my iPad uh, more easier, easierly than uh, I was using before. So um, the iPad is underneath the screen. My camera is now mounted to my left-hand side. As you can see, it shows my, my Christmas gift. Greg got me to, to cover the hole up. And my microphone is on a boom arm um, instead of it being directly in front. So now I can move it back and forth. So... I think my setup is is set up more efficiently, uh, uh, more um, more user friendly. But now, like you said, I can't see you, and I'm used to seeing you front and center as we record while you're talking and stuff. And I can see, you know, it's it's a, it's a little different. And there's another reason why we did it this way too, because we're going to be switching platforms pretty soon. So yeah. we're working out the bugs. Uh, more info to come on that when we, whenever we get it down. But we've tried a couple of different adapters a couple of different methods to get it to work and we just can't get it to work so we'll figure something out soon yeah i think what we'll end up doing is we'll end up recording one show on the new platform the new setup making sure it works and then the right. next show we should probably talk about everything we went through what we're doing and, and how we got to right to that point because right. it's been a journey so far and this the reason it's a journey is because Jason's doing everything on his iPad and I'm not yep. going to criticize him for that because I totally understand the desire to do it. I don't have the challenges because I can do things on a Mac and there's just some additional flexibility and Apple can fix this. And we can talk about that when the iPad right. stuff right. comes up, Apple could fix this for us. I just wish they would. And are we sure it's Apple and not the new platform, right? Because it seems like well, a software issue one, on this one. Yes. But Apple could allow multiple audio streams right. and multiple right. video streams or control over those things on the iPad and iPhone. And they aren't right. Yeah. It's core operating system stuff that we're running into. So anyway, more yeah. on that later. So yeah. Yeah. That's all right. Pretty geeky. So <laughs> before we dive <laughs> right. in, don't forget to do all those things. Hit subscribe, follow, share the show out, um, share the YouTube channel out. I know we're doing a lot of stuff in video and we're really working on the quality of the video and the quantity and all that kind of stuff. That's what all of this testing is about. That's also why we haven't been releasing a ton of shorts is because we're trying to get this video stuff figured out. So be yeah. sure to share all this stuff out. Give us the feedback and all that kind of stuff. And uh, 
with that, I think we'll dive in. So, uh, Jason, I've got one tiny tip for this week. Did you have anything for, for the folks out there? I did have a tip. I know I didn't uh, add it to the list, but my tiny tip is uh, a show recommendation. So uh, the main show that, we, that we're going to discuss is not the only show that I finish. Um, I also oh. finish Star Trek uh, Lower Decks, which is the animated version of, okay. of Star Trek. Now, this is uh, it's one of those like meta kind of... It's, it's Star Trek, but it's, it's an animated series, but it's also meta too because they really a lot of their content is from all seasons all shows of of star trek right so to give you an example season three finished uh which is what i'm recommending actually i'm recommending the whole series so series uh season one two and three but series three starts off is the crew is assigned with taking the voyager the the uss voyager um back to earth to be a museum Right. So they go through and, of course, they're geeking out over seven and nines uh, charging pods and and uh, a lot of different things. The uh, remember when I, you weren't a Voyager fan. Did you watch Voyager any? Some of it. Not so, all of it, but some of it. So the, the ship had this biomimetic gel that it ran on. It was like the circuitry. It was it was a living organism. And it basically got sick one time or started growing cheese or something in the in the thing so they were just geeking out on a lot of stuff like that a lot of references to uh to old characters and things like that it's kind of based on like star trek enterprise not enterprise star trek the next generation um the way they do like the fonts and the uh the, the call outs of the episode the planets and things like that but i don't know really good show like i said before that Strange New Worlds was as Star Trek as Star Trek has been in a long time, but this show is really trekky. So Star Trek Lower Decks, it's a, a really good animated Star Trek show. So check it out. All right. And for me, I had to teach uh, Sunday school on Sunday to the adults. And okay, cool. so... Um, I was putting this all together and I don't like to just stand up in front. I like to wander around and do that kind of stuff when I teach. And right. I remembered that if you're using Keynote, you can actually use your iPhone or your iPad to control Keynote on another device. So that's my tip this week. If you're big into presentations and a lot of people use Keynote versus PowerPoint for presentations, but you're, mm -hmm. if you're in the Apple ecosystem, and you're using Keynote, you can actually go in and control your Keynote, Keynote presentation from your iPad or iPhone on your Mac. And so what I did Sunday is I had my Mac hooked up airplane to the Apple TV on the TV in the front of the room. And I was using my iPad because you get that. It was the mini, so I could carry it around easy, but I could put my notes and the slide material up on my iPad. And then it's just basically a swipe or a tap to move to the next one and move to the next okay. one and move to the next one. And I even had some embedded video and I was able to just tap and play on the embedded video. So that's my tip. It's super, super simple to set up. I will tell you that I have not, the instructions that Apple has for controlling your iPad with your iPhone don't work. Hmm. Um, so basically you got to go in and you pair the devices and you open keynote on the device you want to, um, run the presentation on and then you open it on the your iPhone for example and you hit the remote and you connect the two devices you put in the note the numbers that it pops up right 
and then you're connected and can go ahead and go in and connect that kind of stuff. I couldn't get my iPhone or my iPad to allow me to connect them to each other. I could really only control my Mac. So I'm not quite sure what's going on there. I don't know if they have a bug or something like that. Yeah. But the connect or allow remote controls is just not on um, those devices. So I might have to do some research on that and, and let you know on that. But anyway, if you want to do that, it's super cool. It makes it much easier than having to stand up front and you can walk around and all those kind of cool things. So that's my tip, controlling a keynote from your iPhone or iPad on your Mac. Right, right. And, and I believe there's a way to do it with, uh, with PowerPoint and stuff too using the, the, you know, those same mobile apps, but, uh, I'm not sure the settings and things like that. I'm sure yeah. it's similar, but, but, um, yeah, no, good tip. All right. So Jason, you know, I love my Apple watch, right? Right. So Apple I heard you has mention been it a time or two. Yeah. A few times, a few times. <laughs> so Apple's been in a patent dispute, which they get into all the time with people, but this one's yes. over the blood oxygen sensor that's in the Apple Watch and they've lost. Now, a lot of times they go, and I don't, let's not go off on the tangent of the patent system and patent trolls and stuff like that. But mm -hmm. in this case, they actually have lost pretty much everywhere they can lose. I mean, there are a couple of appeal, uh, appeal pathways they may have, but um, basically they were ruled to be in violation of this patent with Massimo on uh, blood oxygen sensors. That, mm -hmm. And so... Um, there was actually a ban. It was only for a few days. And then the appeals court said, no, they can go back on sale while we work through this. Um, but the appeals court came back and said, no, this is, this is going to continue. And so what Apple has done in true Apple fashion, instead of paying and licensing the patents, they have found a workaround on right. new Series 9 and Ultra 2 watches. From what I can tell, it's only those two devices because those are the only two new versions that are being sold that have the blood oxygen sensor because the SE, I don't think, the Apple Watch SE doesn't have um, the blood oxygen sensor. And so on new watch sales starting this week or sometime in the last week or so for Series 9 or Ultra 2, the blood oxygen sensor has been disabled. Okay. So that Smart was their move. workaround. Yeah, I mean, that allowed them to import these in so the Customs and immigration, they said, yes, that's a that's an acceptable workaround. Right. So they're not, in theory, violating the patent. So if you're going to go buy a brand new Apple Watch, Series 9 or Ultra 2 right now, just know that the blood oxygen sensor has been disabled. Now, it's not impacting older watches. So, um, so Jason and I are both good on our Ultras. Right. It's also not supposed to impact Series 9 or Ultra 2 devices that were sold prior to the workaround being in place. That's my understanding. We'll see how this okay. plays out. There's going to have to be some sort of serial number or dates of sale identification that they have to be doing in the background to say, mm -hmm. turn this off. Yeah. Cause I wouldn't think that the court would just take Apple's word for it that, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure it's a little, a little more to it than that. Now here's the thing, Jason, if you were in the market for a brand new Apple watch and we're going to buy one of these, would you still buy one knowing that the blood oxygen sensor has been disabled? I would, because not only does it, you know, not only affect those older watches or, uh, or, you know, the, the series nine or the ultra two, um, with it being disabled, it doesn't affect the day-to-day -day functions of the watch, right? You still get 99.8% of a, of an awesome Apple watch. So, you know, 
unless somebody was specifically looking for a, a blood oxygen sensor, then no, this doesn't affect you at all. I still would recommend the Series 9 and the Ultra 2 to, to anyone that's looking for one and let Apple work out, you know, these back-end deals with this company to, uh, you know, in a future update, you know, release an update that'll that'll re-enable it. But, you know, to the the average person, they're not looking for a blood oxygen sensor and a watch. They're looking for a watch. You know what I mean? Yeah. So uh, I think this is a smart move by Apple, uh, which is definitely not what the company was looking for. I think they wanted to, to you know, kind of kind of tie Apple's hands into paying them whatever ransom that they want for the watches and or, you know, the, the government was going to remove them from the shelves or whatever. But um, no, no, uh, uh, I don't think this is going to affect sales or. Uh, interest in the apple watch whatsoever yeah i mean it might hamper a little bit of sales but i don't think it's going to be that much and i agree with you i would still buy one the primary reason is this is going to get resolved at some right. point right? right either apple will have to pay to license the patents or they'll buy the company one of those things <laughs> right. um or they'll find a court that's willing to you know Yep. To reverse the decision. Their, so, yeah, rule in their favor. Yeah, mm -hmm. so I don't think this is going to be an issue. I don't think they're... And maybe they're doing this because they have a new sensor. I mean, we've heard rumors about the Apple Watch X, right, for the 10th anniversary this year at some point, that new sensors and redesigns and all this kind of stuff. So maybe this really is temporary and they're going to have a new sensor. But first of all, I would still buy it because I believe it's going to get resolved. And I would... Yep also buy it because again it's not the most um most important feature on the watch i think if it was right. the heart rate sensor i'd right. be way right. more concerned but a lot of people will say that the oxygen sensor is useless but i completely disagree with that i mean i know that like with the temperature sensor that they only do it at night mm -hmm. um, and they've they've really narrowed that down and but with the blood oxygen sensor i have compared it every time i go into the doctor for my annual checkup or whatever the case may be, I've always compared my readings to what they got on the little thing they put on your finger. And I'm always within a point or two. And so okay. is That's it a medical diagnostic? Yeah. Is it a medical diagnostic device? No. But if my oxygen is consistently 20 points lower on my watch than normal, mm -hmm. that's going to be a pretty good indicator that there's, there's something going on. And so I, I wonder how it's going to impact things like, VO2 max, which is a health setting that mm -hmm. I look at quite a bit. And I know when I'm getting sick because my lungs are the first things that get sick usually right. with me. And so I'll go out for my walk <laughs> and my breathing. VO2 max will have dropped dramatically. Yeah. I mean, I had asthma growing up as a kid and I still have exercise induced asthma, but it okay. just does. So you're damage, always conscious right? of your, your breathing yeah. in your lungs and stuff. Yeah. So I, can understand I, I that. don't, I don't agree with the folks that say it's just useless in the watch. Um, so I do think Apple needs to solve this problem. Yeah. So, um, and I don't think they'll be able to do a bunch of the other things they want to do without getting this resolved. So, I mean, they're right. talking about glucose monitoring and blood pressure monitoring and all that kind of stuff. Just resolve this right. so that we don't have to right. worry about it. So we're talking about Apple too, right? We're talking about a company that's, that's, you know, it's, it's a huge multi-billion dollar company, but they're still pretty nimble too. So they actually have the ability to just take it out of the watch, right? I know there's 
there's millions of units produced and they're sitting on a shelf and in warehouses and stuff. But I mean, they can literally just flip a switch and take it out. Yep. Ultra 2.1, uh, Series 9.2, you know what I mean? Yeah. And just start selling that. But we're nine, ten months away from new versions anyway. Yeah. You know what I mean? It, it's probably not even worth it. You know, yep. how, uh, the Ultra 2 sold millions of units. How many did the, I mean, the Ultra, the one that we we, we both have, right? It sold millions. This, this one's already been available for two years. I mean, how much did the Ultra 2 sell really since, yeah. you know what I mean, since September last year? Yes, millions of units, but not enough to make them really just, you know, make major changes to the, to their, to their, you know, um, to their whole I, uh, Apple Watch model to um, just to appease this company, just trying to, trying to, you know, yeah. get money out of them. So uh, we'll see. Yep. So, I mean, Mossimo, unlike a lot of those that Apple fights, Mossimo is actually doing things with their patents. They actually have blood oxygen sensors that are being sold in the market, right? Okay, and so they're just like not that. your so, common patent trolls that are just yeah, sitting yeah, on yeah. So, ideas. Yeah. Anyway, we could go on and on and on about this, but the yeah. whole reason I wanted to bring this up is I would still buy it. I would recommend you buy it, but you need to be aware that the blood oxygen sensor is not going to be enabled if you buy a brand new one. So just be aware of that and we'll keep you updated. And when this gets resolved, we'll let you know what the resolution was and give you the all clear. Yeah. Yeah. Quick question though. If you were a CEO of a company, would it be, and you're selling products, would it be better for you to say, let Apple pay us whatever, you know, for the patent and for us to sell our products and say, this is the same sensor that is in the Apple Watch. Wouldn't that be more of a... <laughs> maybe, maybe, I would yeah. think, you know, depending on what the product is, but... It could be, I mean, not to get too much into this, but the whole reason this came about is apparently Apple and Mossimo had conversations under NDA about what was going on. Because you know Apple's always exploring technology and looking to acquire right. or Constantly. Yep. build things. And so I think... Um, I think that's part of what Massimo is doing is saying we're not going to get pushed around and taken advantage of just because Apple's the, you know, the most, yeah. uh, most, the highest value company in the world. So, right. Anyway. Jason, are you still rocking caseless? I am. I am. And, um, had a little drop the other day, chipped the, uh, the back of my, um, the, the cover on my camera, just the bottom part. It doesn't affect the camera. It's not, like a crack going through the lens like last time, but I believe I have one more. And when that one goes, I'll order another box of 10 <laughs> and keep moving forward. So no major scratches, no major dents. I'm, I'm still good. Okay. So I have not opened that new pack of rear screen protectors that I bought. Okay. And I have not used any of my new camera protectors. And for me, yes, there is a little bit of this hesitation about... I, so I want to explain why I don't think I can ever permanently be caseless. Because I think that's the conclusion that I've come to. So I haven't opened those. I don't think it's just about damage. Yes, I don't want to destroy my phone and then have right. to drive for an hour and a half to a store to you know, get it fixed or replaced or do the express replacement, even though that's why I have Apple Care. Right. Um, there is a bit of it that's that. There's also that bit of me that you know how well I do when things get scratched and scuffed and 
all that kind of stuff. And amazingly, the only thing I can really handle that with is leather because I actually think leather looks better when it yeah, starts to get kind used of and distressed and, and weathered. Yeah, yep. yeah, yeah. So those are definitely considerations for me not wanting to be have a naked iPhone, right? I can mm -hmm. mitigate all of those concerns, right? I can put screen protectors on. I can um, put the camera protectors on, the rear screen protectors, all that kind of stuff, and still be very, very close to the same experience that um, you would have if you didn't have a case on it. Yeah. Here's my problem that I realized, because I know you said you weren't necessarily a fan of the red case that I got. I still have it, and I'm actually still using it. Um, okay. But I really, really like the new one, and I'll put it up. I'm going to do a short on both of these, but this is my new one. Yeah. Um, it's got a green. It kind of looks metallic and all that kind of stuff. Um, by the way, the red one, the magnet, is just way too dang strong. I mean, every time I go to pull it off of one of the chargers, it moves the charger. It's pulling the charger. So, yeah. <laughs> that's a good magnet, yep. Yeah, yeah. So it won't go anywhere in the truck. That's for that's the case I'll put on when I'm in the truck on bumpy roads because right. it will not fall off. Anyway, so, but as I put these cases on and walked around, what I realized my other challenge with a naked iPhone is it's too thin and it right. feels fragile in my hand. And I don't care that it's got titanium, that it's got Gorilla Glass or any of those kinds of things. I'm not a small guy, right? I don't have the smallest hands in the world. And just, it feels flimsy. Like the other day it was in a case, but for the first time I left it in my back pocket when I got in the truck. Mm -hmm. And I remembered the uh, foldable days, right? When the iPhones folded, not right. good folding. Yeah. not When we had people saying, <laughs> I bent my iPhone, right? So it reminded right. me of that. Um, but I just don't like that feeling of how fragile, small, too thin these are. And I know everybody says, no, we love the thinness and we want them to go thinner. People are talking about eventually the technology allowing you to have a phone that's the size of a credit card, mm -hmm. you know, that's like that. Yeah. I don't know if that's where I want to be. And I had this conversation with a, a colleague when I got the first iPod Touch. And then they started making everything thinner and thinner and thinner. And we yeah, both they agreed got smaller that, and smaller. Yeah, we both agreed. I'd rather have this phone feel a little sturdier, which probably means a little thicker, especially where I believe it would... Um, it would improve the battery life because that's probably what they would do, right? Is fill that interior space with more, yeah, with more battery. More battery. Yeah. So that's where I'm at, Jason. Does that help you not think less of me? No, no. So, I, and I didn't think less of you because I I knew when you told me it seems like I was disappointed, but I knew that you weren't more careless with your phone, right? You take care of everything. Everything is spotless, regardless of whether it has a case on it or not now you know you've always had screen protectors and or skins or or some kind of a, a case on it but i don't necessarily think that that contributed to your devices being safe right you you're, you're not careless with your devices um but i can understand you not wanting to live with those little dings and those little scratches and things like that right because even if it's not visible you know you feel it you're the yep. one holding the device, right? You pick it up, and the, if the scratch is right where you usually rest your thumb or, 
you know, when you're holding it a certain way and you're reading and that one scratch or that one dent is uh, right where your fingers, uh, you know, lie on the phone. So I can kind of understand it. it it's, uh, um, you know, I, I, you know, I wouldn't even say it's a personal preference because I think no one wants to, to, to deal with scratches and things like that. Although, you know, this younger generation, they, they just kind of live with cracked screens and glass chipping on, on their devices and things like that. But I my think for the most it. part, I can't pick up and use my wife's <laughs> phone half the time because yeah. there's only like three quarters of the screen protector that's there. Right. I yeah. mean, it's just like, I'm like, why do you have a screen protector? Right. Right. And some people are just okay with that. They just live with those, with those cracks and things like that. So I think one, it's part of it is our love of these devices, right? We, we love the way they're, they're engineered. We love the design and things like that. And we want to keep it in as pristine and, and um, you know, as, as perfect, as new as possible. So no, I, I kind of agree with you. I do like that green case that you got, though, way more than the the red one. The, the red one looks good. It just didn't seem like it was you. You know what I mean? The green one, you said there was a, uh, there was a red version of the green one with that metallic red, and uh, yeah. I thought you were going to get that one. But, um, no, the green one looks pretty good, you know. It, it kind of looks like a bumper, you know what I mean, yeah. with the edges, and it just has the MagSafe and all of that. So, um yeah, if you're going to use a case, at least you're using a really nice case. So. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and this is the first one that I've case that I've seen that I like the look of the magnet on the back. You know how everybody yeah. has to outline the magnet? Yeah. I like the look on this one. And I may eventually get the red one too. Now, so here's where I think I'm going forward, right? I mean, definitely when I go out on my bike rides and in the mountains and stuff like that, which we're coming mm -hmm. up on, I told Jason before we hit record, I booked my first camping trip probably go camping before that but i've got the first one booked at least because i think we'll do something around easter although easter's way early this year and camping at the end of march in utah yeah uh, it's yeah. a little bit iffy so <laughs> yeah but uh, at least in northern utah but anyway so um definitely we'll use that other one that i have that already has a crack and sections out of the camera cover the one with the sliding thing that i've shown everybody yeah. and then i just rotate between these other two um like I, yesterday I was in my Utah colors. I had on my red watch band and a Utah shirt and a Utah sweats and University of Utah, by the way. Those of you that are in the uh, Big 12 or whichever one they're going to, I always get it mixed up. But uh, anyway, that's where they'll be next year. But so I threw on the red case, right? Just for, just for fun to have the red case on there. But there will be times when I'll take it out of the case and still go caseless, right? But it's probably mm -hmm. gonna be like when I go to church or something like that, right? right. I just, right. I like to rotate through this kind of stuff. And so I just decided life's too short. I'm going to embrace being me. And if I have three or four cases I want to rotate through, like the, I don't know how many dollars worth of watch bands I have that I rotate <laughs> right. through, right? I'm just going to do it. So if you're, for, if you're a caseless purist out there, apologies, but I am in between. So there we go. Yeah. yeah. No, good choice. Jason, all the new OSs came out. Let's uh, kind of rock through these. And in our show notes, I put them in order of, uh, well, really, it only there's only one that matters. Yeah. Because after that, it's pretty much wah, 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 because right, right. it seems like the only thing that got updates. So do you want to walk us through the, and it's not very many, even on the one that got the updates, right? Do you want to walk us through iOS? 
Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I wanted to say first, you know, I check all the time. iPad is always an afterthought. So iPad OS, nothing. <laughs> nothing nothing to note some uh some background security stuff and all of that but yeah well but i'll i'll i'll, I'll help you out with that watch os 10.3 got a new watch face yeah and they're usually not nice i hadn't seen them but they're they're usually not these nice. are the unity ones the unity that they do ones, for yeah. yeah so yeah, i mean they're the, they uh, look African like you would colors. expect the unity ones to look so yeah so but yeah same thing and then mac os um got one feature that went into and the only reason it got it right is because that ios got it so yeah. there you go we just covered ipad watch and mac os and now we can tell you the changes that really were made besides all the security fixes now just yeah. be aware go do these updates you want oh, to yeah. do these updates because Definitely. there's plenty of them. security stuff in these so yeah all right so jason what really did change and should we care so the collaborative music playlist now I remember telling you that this is something that normally I wouldn't care about, right? And then last year, uh, for one of the, uh, uh, the the markets that we do, I did a collaborative playlist with with the hosts to to add some more variety and stuff to the uh, to the uh, the playlist that plays throughout the day. And it was a fun experience, fun and very useful, very convenient. So Apple Music. Uh, uh, finally introduced those collaborative playlists that they talked about last year at CES, right? We didn't get it when uh, when 17 dropped. We didn't get it at 17.2. Uh, so now we finally got it. And um, I think that's pretty cool, right? It, it, yeah. Like I said, it was something I wouldn't use, and it's actually something that I would use. So I'm going to use it. Um, I, ha I went in and looked at it long enough. It's like everything else. You know how when you go in and create a shared photo album, it's got the little people symbol with the plus sign mm -hmm. or anywhere else that you want to share, like on our notes right. and notes stuff like that. So, yeah. It's the same exact process. And I'm going to use this. Um, I'll probably use it with Dustin because Dustin is my, obviously he finds the best classical music because it's Dustin, right? right. <laughs> but he is also the one that helps me find a lot of the newer style Christian music that I end up listening to. Yeah. as well because he's way into that he spent part of his mission in tennessee and so okay. kind of really got into some of that kind of stuff right and right. so i'd like to use it for that with him and then every year at christmas i create a new playlist it gets shared out mm -hmm. and um i what i'll do this year at christmas is just create one and let everybody else add to it as well and then i'll pull the best of out of it for myself right but you can at, invite people and you can set the setting. Remember I said my worry was, could anybody add to this? Well, you can approve anybody asking to be a collaborator on your playlist. So that's all okay. I need, right? Is because then right. I can say, no, I have no idea who this person is. So it's super simple. I heard that it also includes emoji reactions to music and stuff like that. So I think okay. it'll be interesting to see, remember ping? Apple's attempt at a social yeah, media, yeah, social network. media, music, yeah, music yeah, yeah, driven. yeah. So anyway, I'm excited about this too, and I hadn't thought of it for the idea of uh, a playlist at an event like that. That sounds like just a, a blast. If you, as long as you can control and filter it out, right? The event organizer right. could open it up and say, "Hey, if you want to hear your song, just go add it in here, and I'll 
look at it and approve it. You know, you're no more walking up to the DJ and trying to yell over the music and saying, can you play? Yeah. yeah right. Right. <laughs> right. Right. And, and he does, he does. So yeah, throughout the day, he's um, um, adjusting the list or adding songs or, or removing songs too. Cause you know, it kind of, feel the crowd as, as going on. So basically DJ duty without actually, you know, standing at the turntables or whatever. It's just a big, one of those big monster speakers and they hook an old iPhone to it with the screen smashed up. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the screen, yeah. the screen yeah, is right? smashed to pieces. And uh, uh, I, yeah, I hate messing with that thing, but you know, really cool, really cool to be able to collaborate on a, on playlist. So yeah, yeah, that's another good one. So I see you added a note here on the next thing, which is really the big deal about it, right? It's this stolen device uh, security. And I see you added, should you should you turn it on? I think it's something that everyone should should turn on, right? Maybe not all of the features because some things are, I'm not going to say overkill, right? Because security is security. But some things, I guess, are just not necessary for school teachers or you know, uh, someone yeah. that's not really in the public, right? Like, like you, 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 you know, you do your, um, your consulting work and you do your podcast and you complain about having to drive 15 minutes down the road. You don't spend that much time out in the public, right? Except for a couple of days a week, right? Yeah. So some of these security features may not be necessary, uh, for someone un unless they're just, you know, Uber drivers and, and someone is constantly out in the public and things like that. So let's, but let's go through them. Let's talk about it. Yeah. I mean, we'll put four links in here. Here's the thing. Um, I thought we were going to have more control of this than we are. And now this is mm -hmm. version one, right? So hopefully this will be the case. So right. as you explain kind of what this is, I want to talk about what you can control and what you can't and point out where I think Apple needs to allow more configuration and more control. So you take us through it and I'll, I'll do my normal thing, which is talk over the top of everybody. Okay. So, so let's just, we'll, we'll talk about like just what face ID and touch ID does right first. So, um, so now once you have that on, it's not going to go back to the passcode. Right, we're, right. We're next with a passcode. So it's going to control the, um, so I see here, accessing a password and passkey saved in, in the uh, iCloud keychain, uh, applying for a new Apple card, things like that. Uh, turning off loss mode, erasing all content and settings, taking certain Apple cash and uh, Apple card. Well, I guess that's not really, because it, it doesn't really apply to everyone, right? Especially if you don't use. No, but the the basically what it's doing is the highest risk security things, right? So think about this. This is if your device, if your phone gets stolen, you want this extra protection, right? right? So the high profile things like being able to get into all your passwords. If you save all of your passwords in Keychain, which I do now, right? If yep. you could get into those, if somehow the the idea behind this taking that one step back. Remember, this is about if somebody steals your phone and knows your iPhone passcode. Yes. This is the somebody has socially engineered you or watched over your shoulder or got you to tell them the passcode somehow yeah. and they walked off with your phone. So this is saying that face ID or touch ID have to be used in order to get to these high profile items. Right. Right. The higher risk items, which so I think it's is still cool. it'll still confirm that it's you 
not yes. not necessarily just someone that knows your your passcode or something like that. So, and there's no <clears> default <throat> back to the passcode, right? So if if uh, if I've got this turned on and I'm not at which we can talk about certain locations. So, you know, I'm, I dropped it in an Uber or I was sharing an Uber with somebody and they saw me put it in there and they managed to swipe my phone. Mm-hmm. They want to go in and see all my passwords. It's going to require Face ID and Touch ID. And today, if Face ID fails enough times, you can tap the use passcode, right? And you can insert the passcode to get into those, um, those passwords or to use things like Apple Pay, which it says it can still do here, that's not going to exist on these high-profile things, right? right? It has right. to be Face ID or Touch ID to do that. So, and, and I guess this is why I was saying that it doesn't apply to everyone because not everyone uses um, Apple Pay. Not everyone stores all of their passwords, and you know what I mean. So, not everyone needs such a high level of security. You know what I mean? Yeah. But yeah, they I, can benefit from it. If, if look, if you're like, for my family, I would probably tell Dustin to turn this on. Mm-hmm. He's at U of H, right? right? I mean, he potentially, I don't know if he takes his phone on stage with him when he's playing, right? I have no idea, mm-hmm. right? If he does or if he doesn't. I know he texts me from his iPad when he's warming up and stuff like that. But anyway... Um, I don't know if he's got it with him. So in those kinds of scenarios, I would absolutely say you want to turn this on because there's a reasonable chance that your phone could walk off somewhere, right? And yes, he uses these, but he puts passwords. A lot of people save their passwords in the keychain, may not even realize that they leave, that they put their passwords in keychain, right? It's just Apple says, hey, do you want us to remember this password going forward? Yeah. And you say yes, yes, which is is fine, right? Yeah. But then things like, not being able to turn off lost mode, erasing all content and settings. Some of those key things that you have to. And then notice the next section here is that not only does it protect those things, but then if you want to do other things that are even more high profile, like changing your Apple ID password, signing Mm -hmm. out of your Apple ID, removing face ID or touch ID, or adding a new face or a new fingerprint, all those kinds of things. This is where the security delay comes in. Right. 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 So essentially, if I want to do any of those things, there's an hour delay. Right. I can, right. hey, I want to sign out of my Apple ID and it says, yeah, you're going to have to wait an hour and then reauthenticate with Face ID or Touch ID. Mm-hmm. So you have to do Face ID or Touch ID to start with, wait for the security de- delay to end. And then authenticate with them again. And that's for Apple IDs, Face IDs, changing your iPhone passcode, resetting all the settings, turning off Find My, or turning off stolen device protection. So these are all things, in my opinion, that I would think a thief would want to be able to get to immediately immediately and hurry and deal with. Right, right. So, so, I mean, and, and you're right. When someone steals the phone... They immediately want to first they want to prevent your access to being able to wipe the phone to wipe the device remotely and they want to change that information right they want to change your your passcode they want to change or or log you out of your your um you know your your iCloud or something they want to prevent you from being able to to um control the device remotely right that's number one 
they want to prevent you from being able to make it easier for them to sell. Because if you do any of these right. things, lock the phone, put it in loss mode or any of that kind of stuff. Right. It's right. honestly, it's worth less money to them at that point. Yes. And, and, you know, we're talking about a specific type of thief too, right? There's thieves that they're in the market to steal phones, right? They want to get it immediately, wipe your information. Hopefully you don't have on find my iPhone and they want to sell the phone because they want the money from the device. But then there's those thieves that want access to your bank account. They want access to all of your iCloud information. They want access to, to, to your Apple card and your Apple pay and things like that. And, um, yeah, this is just going to prevent both of those types of thieves, right? The device thief yeah. and the information, uh, the information and, uh, <clears throat> you know, financial thieves or whatever. So uh, we were talking about the security delay. You know, this is perfect. You know, if you're at home because it's it's location based, right? It, it recognizes these, these uh, familiar locations. So if you're at home or at work, you're wiping the device to sell it or whatever, you won't get any of these security features, but if you're out at, you know, the grocery store and your phone is lost, well, it recognizes that, Hey, there's no reason for this person to want to wipe their phone or remove their, their information while they're at the grocery store. So let's put this hour delay on just to make sure. Yeah. And then, like you said, you have to reauthenticate with all of your information and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, I think this is a, I don't think anyone is going to be burdened by this, right? Unless they're, I can see this being a problem for someone that had a position like me where I'm constantly, you know, wiping and, and reloading phones or restoring phones or, or I needed to change it out quick, you know, having an hour delay or something because the, the, the location of the office or something is not recognized as a, as a, um, <clears throat> um, you know, as a familiar location, me having right. to get new phones in. So I can see this being a problem for IT professionals, but I don't see this inconvenience in a user and, and no. you know, in a, in a really impactful way. I don't know. What do you think? I, I think it's good. I turned it on, turned it off, <clears throat> turned it on, turned it off because I kept going back and forth on the list. And here's why I keep going back and forth. Number mm -hmm. one, I can't configure the hour. That would be nice if I could say longer or whatever the case may be. Number right. two, I don't you see want how potentially because I don't do any of these things that often that I'm not at home, right? Or that I'm not going to use my face. Again, face ID and touch ID, it should be good to go, all right? Yes. Um, from what I te can tell, you can't configure the significant locations. And that's what they're called. And it's buried under privacy and security, location services, system services, and mm -hmm. then it's got significant locations. And those have to be turned on. Yesterday, when I looked at this, it had two. It had my home, which makes right. sense. And it had church. You're right, right. I don't know why it had church. I couldn't get rid of church. I could clear the whole history. Okay. But I don't know what that does. And today it doesn't have church. Hmm. So, so it changes. Yeah. So, but you didn't I clear would, the history. You didn't no, clear it. I did not. Okay. Mm -mm. I would prefer that I could go in and specify this is a significant location and this is a significant location. So, for example, right. I could say, look, my home, 
you know, my sister's house, my grandma's house, you know, whatever right. the case may be, and specify some of those. So I'd like to be able to do that because the scenario that popped through my head was what if Karen needed to get into my keychain? Yes. Right. And let's say, you know, I was had gone into surgery and she needed to get into my keychain for some reason. Let's hope that never happens. Right. But um, if we were at the hospital and she grabs my phone, can get into it, but can't get in and get a password out. Then right. what does she do? Right. She can't do anything about it. So I've got to figure that out. It also would be nice if I could put Karen's face on my phone. Right. But even like the we alternative used to do with appearance touch ID. doesn't. Yeah. Right. So I, I think there's a ways to go. I, like I said, I would recommend Dustin turn this on. Mm -hmm. I live in a small town. I'm not out in public very often. I leave my phone home 50% of the time when I go out and run errands, right. right? So I don't know if I need this on or not. If I have it on, it's probably not going to hurt because odds are I'm going to be at home doing any of this stuff anyway until the right. summer comes and I start camping. So yeah, you'll be out uh, more, yes. Yeah. I mean, Dustin, if you're listening to the episode, this is something you should be turning on um, and making sure that that it's secured definitely for him. And um, yeah, that's where I stand. Yeah. I think it's great. I think it's the right thing for Apple to do. I just think they need to continue to refine it. Yeah, yeah. So we, we you know, to run this down before, you know, we talked about, you know, we talked about um, device security and, and things like that. And um, this was way before we even knew Apple was working on something like this. But I think we just kind of, you know, just to give an example of who should be, you know, taking advantage of, of these security features, you know, back then we said anyone that was going to be out in public, right? You're a bartender or you work in a, in a club, you're Uber driver, um, you're anywhere where your device has the most potential to be stolen or lost, right? If you're forgetful and you're always constantly out at stores or in the public or something like that, should be taking advantage of this. Um, depending on how mission critical your device is, right? Because yeah. if you depend on your, your device to work, it's your, it's your company, it's your communication device, it's all of your personal info. And, um, you know, you depend on, on that information not being lost or stolen. You know, you should be taking advantage of this. Uh, if you don't use things like, like we said, the password, the keychain, um, the iCloud keychain, you don't use, you don't store any of your cards on the, uh, on the phone you don't do any banking apps or things like that uh you don't have any sensitive photos or, or contacts or you know you don't have one of the former presidents as one of your contacts in your phone you know maybe you don't need such you know uh, high level security and things like that but for everyone else yeah i think you can you can get some good use out of this it's a really good move by apple well, we'll put four articles. One of them is a support article from Apple, a couple others from some like Mac Rumors and 9to5Mac. We'll put all those links in there. Take a look at them. Um, the good news is if you want to use this, you're going to have to put all the other security security stuff in place, which everyone should use. Two-factor authentication on your Apple ID, mm -hmm. you know, passcode on your phone, all that kind of stuff. So. Take a look. Uh, we'll follow up on this. Um, Jason will get a chance to go in and play with it and maybe take a look at his too. Yeah. And uh, we'll do some follow-up on it. So, I think that was it, right, for the new OSs. There's some Unity wallpapers on yeah, iOS 17. So, yeah. But 
I'm most excited about that collaborative playlist. So, yeah, yeah, and, and again, it was one thing I think I when we did the show uh, about CES, I was like, eh, it's a feature, and then end up using that on a different platform, and was like, wow, this is pretty cool, you know? Yeah, just like the karaoke thing on <clears throat> on Apple TV. I remember seeing it, and it was like, eh, maybe I'll play around with it, and that's it. And yeah, we've used that thing on many nights already. <laughs> so it is one of those features that you know you don't think you would use but it's there and yeah you find out you use it a whole lot more so all right so we've got a couple more things to wrap up the show i don't think we'll run too much past an hour but i want to talk about just briefly because i think we'll do an episode on this in a month or so when i've got a little more experience but i changed one of the apps in my dock on my phone, Jason. Okay. And which which app? Is it a work app or is it a personal? App? It's mostly personal. Okay. So uh, this week or last week on Leaders Lift, I talked about journaling and how I plan on using journaling or note-taking this year to be more deliberate and to move myself forward for my goals for 2024. Right. And... Um, I was reminded of an app called Day One that is out now. There's a free version and then there's a subscription version. And the reason I say I want to do an episode on this in you know about another month is uh, I think I'm going to pay the annual subscription on this one. So, okay. you know, I'm big in notes and I was using the journal app with all the mm -hmm. prompts, right? And I talked about how I was doing that. But the journal app is so simple and straightforward and there's no export feature. So when I started looking into day one, I can do multiple journals. I can tag with keywords. I can format. I can do all of those things. And Apple did the right thing and made all of those AP, the prompts in mm -hmm. the journal app available to developers to pull via oh, API. Oh, good, good. So I can get all of the same prompts in day one. Right. But I get a much more full-fledged um, app. And so I have moved my personal journaling, my daily stuff, some of my daily study and my weekly journal entries, as well as all of those impromptu ones from the prompts okay. into day one. And I've been doing that for two weeks now. All right. And so, it's, it's been a, it's been a good experience. It has, it's been a really good experience another week or so. And it'll come up and tell me if that my subscription is going to be charged as $35 a year, which is not yeah. Not much at Not all. Mm -hmm. And, um, but yeah, it's got, it took the place of Safari on my iPhone dock and I've added it into the iPad dock and it's on the dock in my Mac. Nice. That's the other reason that I like this is that journal app was only on the iPhone, right? Now the prompts are only on the iPhone in day one, but I can get to everything, um, on my Mac, on my yeah. iPad, and everything. And this is what this journaling, this concept of taking notes and doing a better job of documenting my life is one of the biggest drivers for me wanting the new iPad right. Pro is so that I don't have to do all that on my Mac where I have so many other distractions. I can just do it on the iPad side by side with my scripture study in the morning and that kind of stuff. So yeah, um, yeah. yeah. I made a change. My doc has a new icon. So so a couple of questions on that. Would you think you would use it still if it didn't integrate 
with the way the journal app works, right? With those APIs that they use to be able to prompt you for that information. You think you would use it still? I think I would because, that? yeah, because I have used less of the prompts since I started using this, okay. but I've written more. Okay. And it could be too that I started doing that Apple's journal app during the holidays when there was a lot of different stuff going on. Mm -hmm. I mean, my prompts right now are pretty boring. Do you want to write about your morning walk, which is the same exact path as yesterday's morning walk, right? right. I mean, it's just right. stuff like that. But yeah, I, uh, I think I would because I'm writing a ton. Um, I mean, I spend about 30 minutes to an hour every morning in personal study and thinking about mm -hmm. my plans for the year and that kind of stuff. I'm almost constantly writing there. Um, I do write in the evening and then I do a big journal entry every Sunday and I've just moved all of that from notes, which was fine right. now into the day one app and they just released shared journal functionality. So I okay. could actually create a journal with Karen, for example, and mm -hmm. she doesn't have to be a premium subscriber. She can get into it, write in it, and do all that kind of stuff as a free user because I'm a premium subscriber, I would create the right. share journal and then she could access it. So um, yeah, I think so. And then day one's got the ability to export. You can actually have books printed. Okay. So I just think there's this, there's just so much more to it. And it's also not my notes app, right? Where I'm doing notes for this show and notes for work and all of this other kind of stuff. It's dedicated mm -hmm. for, it feels like it's dedicated for me getting more out of life which is kind of the whole point of this podcast from a tech standpoint and my other podcast, right? Right. Leaders Lift. So, yeah. So my next question is, I think you answered it. So you had mentioned about being able to import some of the old ways that you kept journals and stuff like that. And, and so you can get a bigger picture of, of years and years of journaling. So this does have an import feature other it than notes. Does. I have not <coughs> tried the import feature. Okay. Yet. Okay. Um, but I believe. But it, it does, does have, have one. It. Okay. Yeah. Import. All right. Yeah. And last last question Plain on text that. and JSON files. So if I could just get the okay. text out of there, then yeah, I could I could definitely import it in. I have not done that yet. Um, I don't know if I will. Right yeah. now, the good thing is, you know how Apple's Photos features like tells you on this day. Well, mm -hmm. day one, we'll start doing that too. Once you've got enough data in there, it'll start bringing up right. those memories. But the other really cool thing that I like is being able to put in keywords. I started doing that on my study notes. Mm -hmm. So I can put the key topics that I was studying and I can go back and filter and search by them too. That's really cool. If you get the subscription, which you plan on, on getting, I know you said that you can do shared journals, but can you share that subscription? Is that one of the ones that one of the apps that you can't share the subscription with? No, I don't think so. <clears throat> so the family can't um, use the use the full version only only your device or whatever devices you add to the. Uh... Yeah, I don't. I don't think so. Okay. Um... For thirty five bucks though a year, it's not bad. And I wouldn't think that that'll be a shared subscription, but you know, some apps surprisingly some apps do that. You know, they'll allow you to share it regardless of of uh how inexpensive the 
the monthly cost is. So yeah, I should be able to see, right? So if I go into the app store on my phone yep. and go to day one, I'm guessing not, um, especially considering the private nature of kind of journals in general. Yeah. Um, well, not necessarily share the journal, share the subscription. No, I know that. Right. So she can create her own account and, and then y'all can collab that way. But no, if they added the ability for non-subscribers to still be able to use those features, if you, you know, if you collab with them, then they probably won't allow the share. Yeah, I don't see, I don't see that. So, and I mean, there's a full month, uh, a month full premium, mm -hmm. uh, free subs uh, trial, right? Yeah. And so, yeah, I don't see that. Cause you know how sometimes it'll list down in there that you can share this subscription with up to. Yes. It's an in-app purchase, right? And that's where things get wonky usually is that if you do an app purchases that you can't share it. So I'll, I'll find, I'll find out it's going to renew my, or it's going to kick off my subscription and I'm guessing it won't be the case. So. Yeah. yeah. All right. Any other questions? Well, I, I no. think we're going to cover this more in depth because I think I want to talk yeah, about. Yeah. Once you use it a few, a few more weeks yeah. and yeah. Yeah. All right. Let's wrap up just, three to five minutes talking about the Vision Pro. So this is going to be the massive story. And I got to admit, with all the hype that they've had over the last week or so, I felt a little bit left out. Now, I will say, so pre-orders went out last Friday mm -hmm. um, with devices shipping on the second. It was noon or one o'clock before I even realized it was pre-order day. That yeah. tells you- It takes me after you forgot. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, that tells me that I wasn't quite as into it because otherwise I would have been up at 6 a.m. just at least checking it out. And I've not gone through even the process to see when I could get one at this point, because it's a little more involved, right? I mean, you have to have a phone or an iPad with Face ID because it's scanning your face to get, the, um, to get the right fit and all that kind of stuff. And yeah. so um, a lot of uh, influencers and stuff, media have had a chance to play with it again. I mm -hmm. haven't seen any reviews drop yet. I'm guessing that embargo is still in place. But right, right. The estimate was that there were 80,000 of these units available for day launch. And it took about 15 minutes before things started pushing out to March. <laughs> yeah. So they sold through all 80,000 for sure, except for maybe the ones that they've reserved for you to be able to walk into a store and buy the one per store or whatever it is, right? Right. Um, right. But we got more details, and if you're really interested in this, you can go in and take a look at this. But you can spend sixty three hundred dollars. Yep. On <laughs> on this, Crazy. if you buy all the accessories and Apple Care Plus, which is five hundred dollars. Yep. For Apple Care Plus, but the repair cost is twenty four hundred dollars. Wow, I didn't realize that. Yeah. 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 So if you're buying this. It's first-gen hardware. Things are going to happen. You should be buying the Apple Care Plus. And so that $6,300 includes prescription lenses, battery pack, cables, uh, cases, extra headbands, all of those kinds of things gets you up to that $6,300 price tag pretty quickly. Um, Jason, did you buy one? 
No, no, I didn't buy one. And, you know, we talked about this before. People are still complaining about that price tag. It, it's it's for the people that are one. It's going to be for influencers, right? Because they want to see how cool it is and all that. But this round of people, these are the people that, who are going to be developing the apps, developing, the, putting together the use cases, showing us why we need to buy one. And then the next version is going to come out, hopefully around $1,500, but probably not. Probably $1,900, somewhere around that, $2,000. Version 2 will be out, more affordable. They want to get it in the hands of more people like that. But this round of people that are buying the device now, the 6300 with the Apple Care Plus and all of that, these are the people who are going to give us a reason to want it. So yeah. let's just be patient. Let's see what these folks come up with. And uh, it's it's in the, hand of, in the hands of the people that need it. So, no, I didn't buy one. Uh, probably won't. Won't be yeah. in the cars this year, uh, especially when we talk about the iPads. I was going to say, if you want to understand why we're both saying that, right. stick around for the post show when we talk about the iPads. Good. Spoiler, Greg sent me his budget, and I'm like, wait, Greg, we don't even know the cost of it. Then he sends me the article, and it was like, okay, maybe my budget needs to go up. So, yeah. So, but we'll get into iPad rumors I, here shortly. I think this is fine. They've the new there's a behind the scenes on how it's made which is absolutely mesmerizing it's showing the machines making the vision pro um they also released another somebody that had never seen it doing it but it was only the fun stuff they didn't talk about productivity which is what i care the most about right is is using it for productivity but disney plus is going to have all kinds of content on there but netflix spotify YouTube yep. have all opted out and even their iPad versions of the app are not going to run on day one on the Vision Pro. So I agree with you. I think we need to find out from people why we want this device and why I want it over those extra glasses that that we've been talking about potentially playing with. So Right. All right, more to come on that. It'll be the big topic of the year and... Um, but yeah, they're out there. If you really want to go in, you could do it. I saw somebody that woke up late and then had all kinds of problems and ended up with eight of them in their car. And then <laughs> by the time they could get one there, it wasn't going to ship until March. But then they went back and looked and the 500 gigabyte version, there's a 256, a 500 and a one terabyte. The 500 gigabyte version was available for first day pickup. So they chose that one. So typical stuff. But I'll be curious to see. And I think that's what Jason and I will start following up on is what are people saying this is going to be good for? So be patient. Absolutely. If you bought one and are getting one on day one, let us know. Yes. And we would love to have that conversation with you and talk about why and what you're doing with it and keep in touch as you go through this experience. So, um, yeah. Anything else on Vision Pro, Jason? No, no. That was it. That was it. Just looking forward to what's coming coming in the future. Yep. All right. So uh, that's it for today. Hopefully you got something useful out of this. Don't forget to do all of the things. And Jason, you got the next episode. Have you figured out what we're going to cover yet? I, I did. So hopefully, like you mentioned, I know we're falling back into the Vision Pro uh, uh, conversation, but hopefully next week those embargoes will be lifted. We'll get some unboxing, some, some things like that. Um, not unboxing, um, but like these influencers, the ones that got their test units, the, uh, um, the Bloombergs and the CNETs and the, uh, 
divergence and all of that they'll get all their test units out and we can actually see um people using these things and setting them up um but not just that we're going to go beyond that so we're going to talk about vr ar uh mixed reality headsets so we're going to talk about the playstation vr we're going to talk about those x-real glasses which i really want to try out you know what i mean yeah. I, I really want to try i'm getting close to pulling the trigger and just right not the brand new super expensive ones but that previous gen the 300 dollars right. ones i think i could I right think I which could, i hear yeah. is still i hear they're still really good they're still yeah. really good they're missing a few of the features that make the 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 more expensive one better you know they just made those improvements or whatever but i still hear they're really good so we're gonna be talking about ar vr and mixed reality headsets next week everything from the meta to the quest uh like i say playstation vr we'll talk about that old hollow lens remember microsoft never never got yeah. off the ground things like that so uh and some things we saw at ces so next week it'll all be uh mixed reality vr and where where we see things going in the future so yeah we'll have other stuff we'll have other tips other tricks so make sure you hit that yeah. subscribe button and join us then and jason how do you want to close out the show today we'll see you in line to test the vision pro <laughs> oh yeah don't forget that we didn't mention that again starting yeah. february 2nd you can go to an apple store and test it out so uh yeah maybe i'll have to figure out how to do that so well that involve you driving for more than five yeah, minutes that's fair. down the road <laughs> yep yep all right see you in Bye, line folks. or in the virtual line right yep we'll see you there folks all right well if you're still with us then you're wondering these guys are geeks they always have the first gen stuff why aren't they ordering the vision pro why have they backed off from how excited they were well number one on both of our lists is the ipad stuff and we're going to talk to you right. about what's coming there and then we're going to have a conversation about monarch legacy of monsters now that may be a separate video a separate segment on the podcast like a bonus or something like that so yeah if you aren't hearing it on this just look in your feed or look in the channel and and it'll be there but jason let's start off the iPad stuff. So both of us have this number one on our list of technology yes. to acquire this year. Now, for two different reasons. One, for me, I don't have a big iPad. I mm -hmm. only have my mini and I want to get back to using an iPad as much as I possibly can. A lot of the reason is for that journaling stuff that I right. just talked about. Just the ability. Right now, what I do to journal in the morning is I have my MacBook in front of me with my notes app and my journal app. And then I have my iPad mini to the left of that on a little stand and I'm using um, universal control to control the iPad so I can swipe up while I'm reading. So my scriptures and stuff are on the iPad or mm -hmm. whatever I'm studying and I'm doing all my note taking on the MacBook. If I have the iPad, I can put the, iP the scriptures app on one half of the screen and the note stuff on the other half of the screen. And that's what I really would like to do. Also means I wouldn't have to sit at a desk to kind of make that make right. that work. So that's why I want the iPad. I think I know the main reason you want the iPad this year, but go ahead and tell us. What's the number one reason you want the new iPad? So, and I'm going to go out of order here because you have a, a, a list of things here, but the M3 processor, which we know it's going to have, right? We yep. know the M3 is coming. We're both hoping that it resolves a lot of our issues that we're having, right? The limitations that we're having recording yeah. the... the uh, <clears throat> the uh the podcast the uh the, the video the show and not only that i'm hoping it resolves a lot of other issues in my life with battery 
right, being yeah. my number one issue with this, because if the battery life was fine on this one, despite the limitations on using the uh, the recording platform that we want to use and some other software and things like that, despite that, if I didn't have to, I would stay on my M2 iPad, right? This is right. still a really, really good device. So we're hoping the M3, which is my main reasoning for upgrading, resolves a lot of those issues, right? Yeah. Gives us and, access to the video and audio stream and stuff like that, and which it should. Yeah. I mean, here's the thing. So I told you guys this was going to be a passionate conversation, and I think it will be. We right. will have no clue. So we're going to go through some rumors here, and a lot of these came from a YouTube video on, from 9to5Mac, and we'll put a link to the video in here. But right. the rumors right now is it's end of March, first part of April, that we're going to get these new iPads. I would say we're probably going to have a, an event in March. And that, to me, makes sense with the timing of the Vision Pro announcement and when it's releasing, right? So it's releasing the first part of February. All of the reviews, all of the influencers, all of the people that get them at the beginning will do all of their content and testing and all of that kind of stuff during yep. the month of February. And then it's going to go into a lull, right? Because I don't think there's going to be enough apps and content and stuff for Vision Pro to keep us occupied for six months. Right. So I would assume that Apple does their normal spring thing, which is, and they could release the MacBook Air with the M3, all that kind of stuff. I think we'll have an event in March, and I think we're going to see the start of the iPad line revamp. We believe that we're going to get yes. the entire iPad line revamp this year and i think march will be the start but the problem with that is for so your number one reason is battery because your current m2 is just not cutting it yeah number two reason for both of us is can we do all of our job on yes. that device right and maybe all of it except for a little bit which i may still need the macbook for if we could that would be great we are not going to know if we can when these devices launch Right. Both of us are going to be taking a risk. Yours is less of a risk because um, actually it's it's not really a risk for either of us. The risk right. is that we won't be able to do any more with these iPads than we can do today. Than we can do now. With your M2, yeah. except for you'll get better battery life more than likely. Yeah. So we're not going to know until June, WWDC. That's when we'll find yeah. out if they're going to allow multiple audio and video streams or video controls and audio controls, select which camera and select which audio input instead of the system deciding for you. Those right. kinds of things aren't going to come. And where I start to, I'm going to, I'm buying this on day one, right? Yes, I've already budgeted for it. Jason laughed and said, why do you have so much budget? Well, we're going <laughs> to talk about why I have so much budget and why it may not be enough in a minute. But the one rumor in here, again, like you said, going out of order, right? There's talks about the base storage and the RAM being changed, right? Yeah. How much base storage and how much RAM goes with the different storage tiers. My problem with all of that is if they are not going to open up the audio and video controls, then how much RAM do I really need? Right. So that one particular decision that we're going to have to make when these come out you said this, and I was shocked when you told me this, but I think both of us are going to end up buying more than we need the day we buy it in the hopes that that storage and that extra memory will be relevant right. come June. Right, right. And that that is the number one thing to remember. Even if we get new hardware right away, 
we're, we're not going to get new software until September of this year, right? Yeah. We'll run the betas, of course. We'll run the betas yep. and we'll, we'll jump on them as soon as they're stable enough to jump on. But even the beta won't be stable enough for us to, to produce the show on, right? So, yeah. yeah, we'll get the M3 processor as long as, you know, maybe the hardware limitations will allow us to, to record. Yeah, we still won't know until until later this year. So we're banking on speculation right now, right? We don't know even if it'll have an M3, we're kind of confident it will have the M3, yeah. right? But Apple can throw a curveball and it can have a, a mobile M3 or some kind of, you know what I mean? Some kind of weird yeah. version of it or something like that. The increased base storage, you know, I believe I mentioned before, like, I don't need a terabyte. <laughs> I think I replied to you, like, Except no, Greg, you, you said, don't need. <laughs> yeah, Jason's answers were, Greg, you don't need a four terabyte you, iPad. Yeah, and then yeah, the four terabyte, right? <laughs> immediately he says... But I think I'm going to go to a terabyte. Right. So, I think I'm going to need let, the let's, terabyte. Let's talk about what we think we're going to buy at the end of all this. So Okay. Okay. Here's the thing. They're going to say that the battery life is better or that the device is more efficient. And right. so, Jason, it sounds like no matter what, you're buying one. As long as they announce it's not, a new, it's not the M2 again, you're yeah. in, right? Because this is your primary device. This is the, the device on your list, right? And so yeah. you're buying this. I don't have this device in my life and there's definitely a space for it in my life. So something would have to go really, really wrong for me not to buy it no matter yeah. what. But like you said, it's coming out. So here are the other things that I think are, um, and I'm going to talk to you about debate on one thing when I talk about what I'm going to get. But so the number one rumor, we already talked about M3, increased space storage, increased mm -hmm. RAM, and maybe some mix and match about that kind of stuff. So you've got the mini LED screen on mm -hmm. your current iPad. Rumor is we're going to OLED. And if they go to OLED the way they say they're going to, it's going to be the best screen that Apple yep. offers. On, on any device, yep. Yeah, right now the best screen they offer I'm looking at, which is yes. on my, my M3 MacBook Pro. And it is phenomenal. Enough right. that I am using, I type on the MacBook because I like the keyboard, but that screen, I have gotten significantly less use out of my old ThinkVision 27-inch non-retina one. But I also have a 4K portable monitor right here by me, and none of these compare, right? Yeah. I mean, this screen <laughs> is just unreal. And so if I think about that OLED screen, yep. And that in and of itself probably justifies somewhat of a price increase. It's new tech. It's going to be the best screen that they offer. So yeah. um, that ranks high, especially when I start considering if this is what I'm going to work on all the time. And this is what I'm going to take out on the camp table when I'm at a campground. Mm -hmm. This becomes what I watch movies on almost all the time when I'm camping. You're right. Right. So this is going to be your main, your main device. Sort of yeah. like mine is with me. This is going to yeah. be the one that's always the closest to you. The one that you have got a quick task to do. Let me just jump on yep. my iPad, right? It's going to be always on. No. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. I mean, I've got, I've got a hub and I've got power and I've got a third cable. I've got four cables plugged into my Mac right now, right? Plus all the cables that are plugged into the hub. And that's in order to run this current setup. I just would love to just leave the Mac sitting right. here and never have to move it, right? That right. would be great. 
but also that OLED screen and then slightly larger. Not that the device itself is going to get bigger, but that they're going to shrink the bezels. And so now the 12.9 becomes be 13. 13 and the 11 becomes or the 10.9 or whatever. Anyway, it's like a tenth of an inch on the right. diagonal, right? So slightly larger screen, but just the enhanced quality of the screen, man, that's going to be good. And so I was thinking if I do this, maybe I take this 4K display and put it on my study desk, right? Remember right. my dual workstation setup, yep. which is one of my goals. I just permanently move the 4K display over there. And if I want extra screen real estate on the iPad, I just plug it. Right. Right in, right? right. And just it's just it sitting there and I'm good to go. And then I'll have to learn how to use Stage Manager. So, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Does so, the screen get you excited too? Yes. Yeah. It, it does. And and don't get me wrong. The screen is beautiful on, on, on the, um, on the M2 iPad Pro. Um, I'm also, I'm, I'm like you. I'm looking at the iPad and I look at my, my monitor and I'm like, Ugh, like avert my eyes. Like, this is terrible. But, you know, having them right next to each other. But yeah, the screen is is that's another big deal. Again, it's just an added plus to me, but still a really really good added you know benefit yeah. to to upgrading. Jason, which of these next three? Because we're holding the pricing. We already talked about the timing, but we're holding right. the pricing of what we're going to do. Of these next three rumors, which one do you think is the biggest deal? So, this is a rumor that's been kicking around since the second generation of the ipad pro and that's them moving the, the camera right from it being in that landscape mode i only use my ipad in portrait mode maybe about 15 minutes before i fall asleep at night throughout the entire day it's either in my keyboard case where i'm i'm uh, uh you know with the with the uh, the magic keyboard which is in in uh in landscape mode or even when i'm just it's out of the case now that we're recording it, we're recording the show, it's always in landscape mode. I only get about five to 10 minutes of usage in portrait mode. Moving the camera just makes sense. And again, this has been a rumor since the, you know, the second gen. They're going to move the camera. They're going to move the camera. They're going to move. Everyone uses it with a keyboard in, in landscape mode. They have to move the camera and they never do. So <laughs> we can say that they're going to move it. They may not. So, but well, that's. But did, I think that's a big deal. The difference is they moved it on one device, right? Right. The new which version of the iPad is it? The Air, whichever one. I believe one it was of the, Air. the. Yeah. So one of the iPads released in 2022 because nothing got released in 2023, right? One of them has the camera on the landscape side. Yeah. Okay, so now they've got to figure out, though, what do we do with the Apple Pencil? Because right now that's where the Apple Pencil, in theory, charges, right? And you couldn't put the camera on the bottom because then the Apple Pencil would be sitting on the on the or on the other long side because then the Apple Pencil would be sitting on the bottom. So they've got to move some of that stuff around. But I mm -hmm. definitely think they need to move the camera. If they move the camera and improve the camera, that in and of itself would have solved the testing issues that we had yesterday. Right, right. trying to use the new platform because you could have just used your mic on the iPad because the camera would have been in a much better spot right. versus what right. you would have to do with it. So that could have solved part of those problems. So, um, yeah, I, I think this is this is pretty cool. Um, make it better and do this. And, you know, 
anyway, yeah. Move the camera, make it better, <laughs> figure out where to put the pencil, and let's move on. Right. So, so I'll the, take the next. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, I was going to ask you what you thought the next one would be. Accessories, right? I Hopefully yeah. there's going to be a new version of an Apple Pencil, smaller, you know, more features, maybe a button instead of that double tap thing, which drives me nuts sometimes. I like the Apple Pencil. I want to get back to doing some of my artwork, so I would like a really, really nice one. Fine. Yeah. But what I want is Apple to make the keyboard more laptop-like with the hub built mm-hmm. in, right? If they do that, Jason, I will have more hope that in June we're getting big software enhancements. Right, right. If they don't do this, then I'll be less excited about what's potentially coming in June because then we're just in the same situation we are today where we'll, well, you can use a hub, like I could use this USB-C hub that's currently plugged into my to my Mac. I'd have to power it. But right. I could do that, but it's not Apple integrated. So I want a aluminum keyboard base that's more like mm-hmm. my MacBook keyboard with enough ports that it can act as a hub. That's what really would get me excited. And I know you were concerned about the price tag on right. such a device, but you know, with all the testing and stuff we've been doing, I think it just goes to show that if Apple would build it and integrate it, it would be way much easier to than trying to find the right third-party version of a hub that's going to do what you want it to do. Right, right. Yeah, if it's something, uh, you know, first-party directly from Apple, it's going to be designed to integrate with this system, like, you know, m- way more than anybody could, could create something, a third-party. So, yeah, you're right about that. <clears throat> Also, throwing a battery in that thing too wouldn't wouldn't hurt to have an external yeah. battery and a keyboard all in one. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I've I've gotten used to the battery life on this MacBook. Yeah. Anything down from this is not going to go well. Yeah. But because yeah. it's got a lot of battery. But if they don't come out with that, then I have a feeling I may end up looking for a third party like Bridge or you know somebody else that's making it because. The, the Magic Keyboard is fine, and the trackpad will be amazing on it, but it's not my favorite style of keys. There's not quite enough travel right. on them. And if you remember, I was going to ask you this. Do you remember the Logitech case that I had that was black and bulky and really had a, like a rough texture on it? Yeah, and like really rubbery kind of feel to it, rugged texture. Yeah. yeah. And I hauled that thing everywhere. It weighed twice as much as the iPad itself. <laughs> yeah. Right, but I never had to charge that keyboard. It had the right kind of keys, and it protected the iPad. And I could pop the iPad in and out of it easily enough when I wanted to just use it as a tablet. So I'm hoping yeah. that Apple does something, something like that. Right, right. So the next one you have, if you have time, let's just go through this one real, real quick because yeah, yeah, I haven't plugged anything into my iPhone port. Until I got this adapter that we were testing yesterday, right? So wireless charging is, I'm I'm all in with my iPhone. I take it off of this dock. You know, it's it's on my, it's on my by my nightstand. It charges. I'm really like, I hadn't seen my phone in like 40, 40 percent charge throughout the day because, you know, it's in the car, it's in the shop, it's in the and it's just a MagSafe charger. Yep. Right. So if I could get that same thing 
and I don't know how this would work because the iPad has magnets in it now, right? And I think they work fine. Like the uh, the standard it's on now, it's 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 connected to it like it's MagSafe. It's it's sturdy. But if they can figure out a way to get the charger to work in somehow like that too, yeah, then it'll be cool. Not necessarily that MagSafe button, that little MagSafe circle. You know what I mean? Uh, on the back of the iPad where I had to stick it in a certain place, but somewhere on the back. With wireless charging, oh, I agree. Something with a MagSafe, that that's going to kick this thing up uh, up a whole so, nother level for me. Okay, so if they build the keyboard, and the back mm-hmm. of the keyboard has MagSafe built into it, so you can just pop the iPad off, right, and then pop it back on to charge, and it snaps in place, and it's got the hub. Are you going to pay the Apple margins for yeah. said device? I will. I will. Yeah. yeah. Way more uses with it. You know, and even not necessarily the battery, but being able to charge through, you know, through that through that port with the extra ports on it, USB C and and all of that yeah. with the MagSafe. Yeah, I would. I would do yeah. that. I would jump yep. on that. So we talked about too that that smart connector. I see it's not on the list, but the the pros have that smart connector, which they named it a smart connector. But it's not very smart. Also, no. <laughs> it doesn't carry a lot. It doesn't carry a lot of power with it either. So nope. maybe if they can work out some kind of MagSafe with that, throw in MagSafe and that smart connector and make it a smart MagSafe or something like that. Um I'll be I'll be I'll be down for something like that. You know what I mean? I'd I'd rather they do MagSafe. The the rumor says they're going to have more than one set of smart pins right. to be able to do stuff. If they can figure out how to make it work with pins, great. If not, give me the MagSafe and just give me a little 1 inch or half inch USB C to USB C that plugs in between the two. It doesn't even need to be flexible, right? It can just be right. rigided and allow that to snap into place and call it good to get the right. data transfer and all that other stuff. So yeah, I'm with right, you on right. that. Yeah. So I remember a couple of accessories way back when uh that that first uh pro with the with the smart connectors. Belkin made one and every I wanted it. I wanted it. It was basically a dock. You put it by your bed or on your desk or whatever, and you dock your iPad, and it connected with that smart connector. Everyone would complain how slow it charged. Yeah. That was like the number one complaint. It just doesn't carry enough power, right? I think it was designed for keyboards and, and accessories like that to uh, to take advantage of. I saw something at CES. I'm going to send it to you because when I saw this, I immediately thought about uh, the smart connector. So it was it was just a, a gang of devices. It was a camera, it was a light, it was a like when you're recording how it has the uh the light and stuff like that. And it all connected to this I'm going to call it a smart connector. I I forget what the company called it, but it connected to that that port on that device and uh like wow, Apple could have really yeah, taken advantage of that and jumped on that market, but they they didn't. So but uh, I'll send you that. We'll we'll talk about that another time. But yeah, wireless charging is something I definitely want to see on this new iPad. Yep. All right, so all of this sounds cool. All of this sounds like the Godzilla of iPads, right? right. The the ultimate titan yep. of iPads for us here. Now, the downside is Godzilla comes at a price. Yep. He takes care of things, but in the process, he destroys yep. a lot of buildings. And he's going to destroy so, our bank account. <laughs> yeah, so this one is tough. So the rumor is seven hundred dollars 
of price increase, which is yep. a sixty percent yep. increase in price on the base model eleven inch iPad Pro. Now they could do what they did with the 15 Pro Max, which is eliminate the very entry-level tier, right? And not raise the price of the next tier up as much. Mm -hmm. Like they did with the iPhone. That's how they kind of said, well, the iPhone's actually cheaper. It's not really cheaper. You just it's can't not. buy the cheapest one anymore. So a $700 price tag. And when I priced out a current day iPad M2, 12.9-inch mm -hmm. iPad Pro, add on the uh, keyboard, add on the smart, the magic keyboard, add on the Apple Pencil, and add on Apple Care. And this is without cellular. Um, you're still up over two grand. Right. Today. Right. For the terabyte model. So if you add $700 onto that, plus you know the keyboard's going to be more expensive if they do all of the things that the say they're going to do, we are talking Vision Pro right. price level. Right. Which, if they give us an actual Pro model, not what they've been giving us, which is basically just a, a strong iPad, uh -huh. right? Uh, 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 they just call it Pro for, for marketing, but it was just the, the max level of iPad that you can get. If they give us an actual Pro device, right? We're talking being able to support multiple devices, external camera, microphone, yep. printer, uh, a high-speed internet if you wanted to connect a, 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 you know, an Ethernet cable to it and, and all that, which you can now, which you can now if you had the, the right adapter. But all of that, to be able to support all of that through a hub or the keyboard that, that you know, this, this uh, keyboard that we're hoping they come out with, then it'll be worth it, right? Because the option would be you get a MacBook Pro, an M3 MacBook Pro, or if you're use case can support it or need it you can get uh, a m3 ipad pro depending on what you want but right now it's not a pro level device not with these limitations that we keep running into and not only that just being able to 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 not have the accessories that we want right uh, you know to be to be able to plug the devices that we want into it they're going to have to unlock all of that and and i'm not talking you know, just with, yeah. with you know, just what they're giving us, right? We just talked about iOS 17.3 and iPad OS 17.3 earlier. We talked about that during the show. There was nothing yeah. in yep. this update. You can't sell someone a $2,500 device and not give them anything on the update. They have to yeah. really not only give us a powerful enough device, but they have to shift the focus of how they're handling iPad OS, yeah. right? And not give us these you know, stripped down versions of iOS. I think, in yeah, my opinion, so you know, I, this is, I, I'm I really passionate about it because it always seems like iPad OS is as an afterthought. Even at WWDC, they stand up, they talk about the, the, what's going on in iOS and, oh yeah, your iPad is going to be able to do it too. It can't be that. Two things that iPad will get that iPhone right. had last year. Right, and right, here's your ugly wallpapers. Right, right. Yeah, yeah, this yeah. is we added an iOS Widget. last year. This year, your yeah. iPad gets it. Yeah, I'm not yeah, giving yeah. them 2,500 bucks for for it to be an afterthought. It has well, to be the focus. The, here's the problem: we are not going to know. We are likely yeah. to get. I think we're very, very likely. I think it's like 80 percent likely to get pro level 
hardware and pro-level hardware enhancements and changes in March right. and April. And yeah. very little, unless there's some surprises that are going to come in 17.4. They've done that before, and they probably would have to enable the new accessories. Yes. But unless we Which get Which is what I'm hoping they do. That's what yeah. I'm hoping for. But unless we get some surprises we are absolutely not expecting in 17.4, we won't know until June yep. if we're getting pro-level software to go along with these hardware changes. We're just not going to know. And so that is the risk that you run. And if I wasn't doing this podcast... I don't know that I'd be able to justify on day one going all in on something like that. Now, my requirements wouldn't be quite as high, right? Right. If I wasn't go doing entry the level. podcast. Right, right. Right. But that would be tough to do. So let's lead that into with all of those caveats and our frustration with some of this stuff. Let's lead into what are we going to do. We've already said what we're going to do. Now we've got more information. It, yes, it's rumor. We won't know until Apple tells us. But Jason, what are you going to do? What's going through your head? What's the process that you're going to go through to decide? Because you've been known to decide right at the last minute and say, you know what, I'm just going to hold out yeah. for a bit. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I know I'm I'm going day one, right? So I think what's going to be the problem with me is deciding whether or not to go entry level because of the budget. Right. And and we're not talking uh, uh, budgets here, but mine was quite a bit less than yours. Right. Yeah. And I thought, and I thought that was going to be enough to, to not go entry level, but to go mid, you know, kind of mid tier on, on the, uh, on this new version. But now it sounds like <laughs> my budget was way under the entry level. Uh, uh, tier. So, so yeah, so I'm going to have to, uh, uh, I'm going to have to include a lot more, but I think I'd said before originally that, um, a terabyte was, was overkill for me, right? I constantly go, uh, I run with at least, you know, 40 to 50% of my, uh, storage capacity now on, on my 128, but it's the Ram. Right. If they're going to tie it, RAM exactly, exactly. to storage. Yep. I'm, I'm not going to be able to go with that. So considering that I have to go with the one terabyte model. And we're also not sure if they're going to do like they did with the MacBook, where they have the M3, the M3 Pro, and the M3 uh, uh, Max. I don't believe they'll do that with the iPad, but still, we don't know, Right. So it would be nice if they would separate those two, right? right. Or, or at least, yeah, at least two different versions. But yep. I don't see them. I don't know how you do that. Just knowing the difference between how a Mac is built and how right. an iPad is built. Right, right. It's not really necessary, um, but uh, again, could allow for a lot more, you know, use cases and stuff like that. But you know, let's say I am going one terabyte. Let's say they only have the one M3. Um, hopefully they don't do anything weird with an OLED model and a regular, you know, retina model or something like that. But yeah, I think I'm going to go one terabyte with whatever increased RAM that it has. That's, that's an $800 in today's 
iPads. Right. 128 to one terabyte is actually, I'm sorry, $700 difference. Right, right. So the base yeah. price today is $1,799 for a terabyte. And then you got to add on 700 bucks. Yep. Potentially. Yeah, yeah. So I'm looking, yeah, maybe between that 25 to $2,800 range. I'm thinking, and that's not even including Apple Care and the accessories, right? Yeah. So now, this is a good time to remind folks because you'll be able to do this. You've got a great M2 iPad that Apple's right. going to take on trade, or you'll right. be able to sell. So you're going to offset some of that, right? And I did, and I did secure my my trade now. You know, I, I did put it in because I'm going to do it sooner rather than later. And uh, more on that, we didn't talk about that, but that's why my my macbook uh, air is right here and i bought an adapter for it so but more on that um so yeah so that's going to take about 600 bucks now um uh, off of that cost and then with my extra budget and things like that that, that i have and my, my savings towards it it's not going to put me out you know too badly but Merry i Christmas, wanted that Jason, extra right right thanks, <laughs> right. thanks wendy <laughs> right <laughs> Thanks for your help on that too. Thanks for all your help. She told me to tell you hi too. By the way, before I started recording, but uh, so it, it won't. I just wanted that extra for accessories and stuff like that. You know, yeah. like I'm always telling you, with the extra money you're saving, go ahead and get a case. Go ahead and throw something else on. I love I love to do stuff like that. Right. Yeah. Go ahead and get a new Apple pencil or stuff like that. So it doesn't look like I'm gonna have all of that extra, you know. But yeah. So what about you? So even you know you 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 know when you sent that article to price it kind of i'm like well i need way more in my budget to be able to afford it but you're even over your budget too with what you yeah. sent me so what are you thinking yeah i mean so how i've had a lot of things go through my head the the mm. timing of the hardware versus the software is my biggest problem because yeah the dual desk setup that i want Right. If I put aside doing the podcast, if I assumed I was going to do all of my podcast and tech show recording and editing on my Mac, right, mm -hmm. I already have it. It's not like I have to buy one. If I assumed all of that was the case and I just wanted my dual desk for my easier consulting stuff, right, uh, all of those kinds of things, then that really changes out what options I look at. Honestly, yeah. I could look at an M3 Air or even an M2 Air. The rumor is that the Air is going to go to 12.9 this year. Really? Too. Yeah. That they're going to have two sizes. And if I the Air were to go either. to if the Air were to go to 12.9 and all I wanted it for was my studying, my journaling and watching entertainment and stuff like that, mm -hmm. there's a big price difference between the Pro and the Air. Right, yep. or at least there should be. So, and I think that's why they would do that. Now it makes yeah. sense. The price difference yep. is to get people yep. who want a bigger screen, their bigger screen, and keep them in that same price range, and to keep the pros on the devices yep. that they need. Okay, I see it now. Yep. It makes more sense. Now, the one thing that works against me in that, actually, it could work in my favor because I, you know, I mentioned on the last episode, I think I'm going to have multiple iPads that have to be swapped out this year. I could get that air and then if I, if software came out in June, go, okay, now we can do all of our podcasting stuff. Then I mm -hmm. could give Karen, I'd have to get the 11 air. I couldn't get the 12, nine. I'd have right. to get the 11. 
right? But I'll talk about that size in just a second. But then I could give her the 11 and I could buy the Pro and do the podcasting and stuff on the Pro, right? That would right. that would work out better from a timing standpoint. My other debate has been, do I just go with the 11? I'm only, I've got a 14 inch laptop here right now, right? And it's plenty big. Do I go with the 11 and I have my 4K portable display that I just hook up to it when I need the mm -hmm. extra real estate? Cause there's about a $300 cost savings that goes along with that. So there's some of that debate that goes through my head. And then I remember who I am. <laughs> And, right. and the problem Rick, you don't that I need have, four terabytes. <laughs> if I don't buy the best that I could buy and that I believe I could use, right? my wife always reminds me, because I always cringe when I buy this stuff. She always tells me, do you really understand how often you use these things and how much use you get out of them? Yeah. Right? Yeah. And so then I remember that when I do buy this stuff, I mean, the only reason I have the Pro Max and I've, if next year, Jason, or this year or next, if they go back to where the cameras and everything in the Max and the regular size are the same, I'll go mm -hmm. back down a size. I will not stick with the, the Max size just because I want the camera, right. I want the extra features and that's enough but I think I would prefer the regular size, not the big one, especially where the screens are getting a little bit bigger all the time. Right. They're but anyway, so, yeah. so I remember that. And then I just have to, then I have to go back and remind myself that I've been planning on this. Uh, so one of the podcasters we follow uh, was, I didn't listen to Upgrade yet, but Mike lives in England. He was mm -hmm. planning on buying a Vision Pro on day one and picking it up in store in the US on day one. So imagine how expensive that little purchase is going to be for him. I'll right. We'll find out when I listen to Upgrade whether he was able to get one or not. But um, he said, I've been planning for this for six months. And I've been planning to buy a new iPad for like nine. <laughs> and so I've yeah. got things set up to do it. I bought the MacBook Pro that I have on purpose. Right. right? I didn't upgrade any of the things, remember, we went through that whole exercise. I didn't upgrade the RAM. I didn't upgrade the internal storage. Um, right. I didn't do any of that kind of stuff because I wanted to save the extra 500 to to $1,000 to apply to the iPad. So Right, right. I remember going that, through that because you went with a yeah. model with less specs than I would expect you yeah. to get. So I went and with yeah, an out-of-the-box one, right? One that I could pick up off the yep. shelf. So... Yep. All that, that's what's going through my head right now. Now, things could change between now and the end of the March. But if things were, to, if those went on sale tomorrow, I would be buying whatever storage size got me the RAM, right? right. The best Which RAM. Which is usually a terabyte. Yep. Cut off, right? I'm guessing four terabytes is going to have to have more RAM. Right. Um, But I would buy whatever I reasonably could do. Yes, my budget was has now blown out of the water. My budget would work for today's prices, um, including the accessories. Um, I'm gonna have to go over that and that's probably okay. Yep. Um, so terabyte, 12.9, I'm going to get all the accessories that go along with it. Um, I'll probably, if they don't release a new hub, if they just release a new keyboard, I'll probably go with whatever keyboard looks the best on the market. 
and mm-hmm. get a hub that can be dedicated to that desk space over there. Right. So right. yeah, I'm that's 12.9 best RAM that I can get. And uh, I'll probably throw up the whole time I'm hitting the order button and it tells me, you know, $4,000 <laughs> or whatever it ends up being. Same here. Same here. Yeah. Yeah. So I did increase my budget, but I do have a, I do have a limit that, uh, that I'm not willing to cross unless they force me to. So, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, that'll be, so look forward to that folks. I mean, we're both going to get these and we'll see how it goes. And then check out the show in June when WWDC comes around and see if the show right after that, if Jason and I are both crying because we bought way more iPad. We, we bought Godzilla when really we just needed a, you know, yeah. I don't know. Baby Godzilla. Tiger. Yeah. <laughs> Something like that. So. Yeah. That, that's my only concern too. And, and I know we, we talked about our, our concerns and stuff before, like we're banking on something that we don't know. Right. So plan B, which is what I said from the start, if it doesn't work out with the iPad, I'm just going to go Mac mini. I'm just going to go find, use Mac mini, use or refurbish Mac mini. That was, I told you about the place where I got my daughter's screen uh, uh, redone. It's Experimac or something like that. They specialize in getting these devices, refurbishing them. They had a really attractive price on a, on the older Mac Mini. So I'm just going to jump on that. Well, those but, should yeah. get better too. I mean, assuming that they're going to announce right. the M3 Mac Mini this year, that means everything else will get cheaper. Right. I can find so, a good M2 or even an M1 to be able to, to, um, to um, record the show and do everything that we need. And, uh, Are you gonna yeah. keep your M2 iPad Pro then? No, no, no. I'm going M3. I'm I'm definitely going M3. All right, I'm, I'm so, gonna upgrade. So potentially, if it you, potentially if it you end up with issue, an, an iPad and a Mac this year. Right, right, right. A Mac Which, Mini and and use old version. This this is not something yeah. I need the latest and greatest. Right, right, so, right, right. But I mean, if folks, if you're wondering why we're not all gung ho and putting in, you know, five, four thousand, five thousand dollars, because I. I would assume if you're going to buy the Vision Pro, I'd have to get the prescription lenses. Right. I want the extra battery because I'm a camp. I'm camping. I'm guessing my Vision Pro would end up close to that six thousand dollar. Yep. Price yep. range, and we're not done with iPads. This is just the round one of iPads. If they launch a brand new iPad, iPad Mini later in the year, I got to decide if I want yep. that. I got to love your Mini. Yep. Replace a grandkid iPad. Potentially replace my wife's iPad this year. I mean. I could see, you know, let's say that this, my iPad cost me four, right? Those other two iPads are at least another thousand. I mean, I could spend $5,000 this year on iPads. And that makes me want to throw up. Right. (laughs) Right. Almost as much as I wanted to last week when I was sick. Right, right. And that's just one device category. That's just iPads. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, which also (laughs) explains why I may not get a new phone this year if they come out with a brand new version of the ultra that's redesigned and has all the cool stuff then that's yeah. another thousand dollars right i mean in a couple of weeks we're going to talk about continuity which is one of the big reasons why we're in the apple ecosystem but it is not cheap to be in the apple ecosystem yeah yeah it's not it's not flat out they not. have they have cost-effective versions of those yeah. these models right which the entry-level models are usually pricey but they're usually worth the value that they oh, put yeah. in them, I right? Mean, We're talking about mid to high tier 
of these yeah. uh, category devices. My plan, if I really maximize the iPad stuff, if this 12.9 works out the way I want it to, mm-hmm. I'll get a mini because that's my read books device, right? Although I saw watch Dustin reading one of the fantasy series that I read on his iPad 12.9 yep. while he was home for the weekend. And I thought, okay, I might be able to do some of that, but I don't think I'd be able to do a ton of it. So, but if it all works out, I plan on buying pro an entry level iPad and a mini this year. That would be yeah. my ideal scenario because then Karen can use the entry level, not hard at all. Right. right? Or she right. could take my mini if she wanted to go down that far. Cause it's newer than hers. And then for the grandkid, they get whatever we're not. Right. right? They just get, they just get the yeah, hand me down. So I could, I could only buy two potentially, maybe three if things will work out. But yeah, right. this is, this is going to be Apple. Please don't do this where you revamp the entire iPad lineup in a few right. months. <laughs> so Yeah. No, we're kind of hoping they do all at once. That way they can all be I, on that release cycle together. Yeah, that at would least be the nice. Air and the pro. The, then I could decide what I want to buy when, right? Because I don't need to buy everything.